Hey everyone, welcome to Sports Extra. This is episode four. I'm your host, Rohani Alani, and we have a whole lot of NFL to cover. But before we go ahead, I want to introduce my co-host, Hervin. Hervin, what do you got to say to the people? Uh, what's up, everyone? Uh, end of the NFL season. I am talking with a Giants fan right now. Uh, I think Rohan's pretty down bad today. I think he was pretty down bad last night. How you feel? Uh, I'm upset because yesterday last night it was Sunday night football and you play every game to win and I think we can talk about that with the Jets who in, uh, when they went oh in what 13 they ended up winning two games in a row against the Rams and the Browns right and they went two and 14 for a season you play every game to win or to win in, with an intent to win um, and you're playing against your division rival and you have no business to like lose that game. It hurts the integrity of the game on Sunday night football. You hurt the brand. There's no reason to do it. Like Doug Peterson should be ashamed of himself. He threw the game. And I like, look, I can complain as a Giants fan, even though we were six and 10, like I get it. We can, you can argue that six and 10 is not good enough to win a division, but seven and nine isn't either. Right. So I'm upset over the fact that why like, why just throw the game away? You play to play the game to win. And Jason Kelsey had an interview at a press conference about this months ago where you play the game to win. J.J. Watt said it better than everyone. Like, like, it sucks to lose. And you play this. Like, people spend their hard-earned dollars to go to their games and just to see their favorite team win, regardless of what their record is. And they end up seeing their team tank and lose. It's a shame. And it's disrespectful to the fans. It's disrespectful to the league. Um and they had no business putting a fourth-year, like, they he had a fourth-year, like, player and trying to see what he had. Like, you know, when you're a fourth-year player and you would know if they had talent or not, right? But they, he doesn't, and there was no talent in Nate Sudfeld last night. So I'm pretty upset over the fact that the Eagles threw the game away. And my Giants aren't in the playoffs, and that's what sucks. You know, I wish the Giants are in the playoffs. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. Giants linebacker Blake Martinez on Twitter had seven dots. Darius Slayton had bro with three dots. Julian Love had that like neutral face expression where you like have the mouth going just straight horizontal like um, Golden Tate. These are all players who had a great game yesterday except for Golden Tate. But like Blake Martinez is a tackling machine. He should have been in a Pro Bowl. um, Julian Love got his first start as an outside cornerback and he played lights out against a pretty good like pretty good wide receivers of the Dallas Cowboys. But, like, these guys are heartbroken. Like, you know, you win a game and just got to wait till things fall apart. And, you know, like, when the score is 20 to 14 or 14-17 and you see the backup, the third-string quarterback of the Eagles go in, it's heartbreaking. It sucks. You don't want to see that stuff. Uh, um, I think I think you're pretty justified to be down bad. Uh, I think you were pretty worse in pain yesterday last night oh, yes but uh i think it's also like what the hell philly like this that was embarrassing like you looked at the camera like uh like the camera flashed like after drives the offensive linemen you just stared at them and they looked dead they looked dead they looked like that neutral face expression that julian love was throwing like it it was depressing like chris like the casters were even thrashing the eagles for it like Peterson, if Peterson's job was on the line yesterday, he would not have done that. He wouldn't. He wouldn't have because he would have had to win that game to have any chance. 
and he would have gone for the win there. But he purposely put in Sudfeld. Uh, why? I don't know, but I mean, it got them the sixth pick. Um, and you know what? That's good for them in May. But if you're like a fan of the integrity of the sport, then it's depressing. It's depressing. But at the same time, at the same time, the best unit in the NFC East was the Washington football team defense. You know what? Maybe they're a six, they could have been six and 10 after last night if the Eagles tried and the Giants won that division. But you know what? Washington defense deserves it. Alex Smith deserves it. McLaurin deserves it. Gibson deserves it. And they're going to go play the Tampa in the first round. And for all I know, they can, might get blown out by 30. But you know what? They won the division. So fair play. Um, I just like a fan of New York Giants, right? Like you have to like, there's teams you absolutely hate. And I hate every single team in my division. But I re- at least, like, I have respect for the Washington football team. And that's just saying, you know, Ron Rivera, who had a battle with cancer and was taking IVs during halftime to make sure you could coach the team, that's admirable. Like, I respect him so much for it. You know, it takes guts to do something like that. And it takes love for the game. So I can't, like, think of anyone else who deserved it as much to win the division, seven and nine, um, than Ron Rivera. And Alex Smith, you know, everyone just well-documented his injury process and how long it took him. It took him 22 surgeries. Uh, he's almost had his he's leg come back play of the year. There's no, that's it's done. There's he, no, so my respect goes out to Alex Smith, um, Ron Rivera, um, to like for winning the division, even though we beat them twice and we beat them four times in the last two years. Uh, but I, they got something building there. Um, who knows how long Alex Smith had left in this game, but. If they can keep building on this, then I think Washington will have something for like to terrorize the NFC East. I'm not scared because I think Joe Judge got got great something great building as well. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think this division is, truth be told, it's a mess. Um, it flipped upside down on his head. But you know I, I would say I, like- I would say I would say this because there was no training camp. There was no. OTAs and there was no like any of like the what do you call it the preseason stuff. Um, there you had two rookie head coaches and three rookie head coaches in this division or three new coaches. Uh, so I think it was kind of expected um, that this would kind of happen. I think Philly would have been the favorite to win this division if Wentz played the way he did. But at the end of the day, like they had to take on different circumstances, different circumstances due to the COVID uh, nineteen pandemic. And because of it, you know what happened. And I think it was going to take a while for this team to adjust regardless. Enough of the NFC East. Let's move on to some, like, worthy teams <laughs> into the playoff picture um, that got finalized um, yesterday with the end of the season. A lot of shuffling in really both conferences um, uh, by the end of the last night. But we're just going to go through the playoff picture. We're going to go game by game for Super Wild Card Weekend. That starts next Saturday with uh, the Colts and the Bills. But we will start in the NFC um, with the NFC Wild Card matchups. And let's begin with the Washington football team taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think this is a pretty clear-cut game. I don't think Washington has the offensive talent to match the Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, even though like we talked about Tom Brady looking old and he still threw for 43 touchdowns at 43 years of age. So 
I have the Bucks winning this game. I think even with without Mike Evans, this team will have find a way to win this game. And that's what it is at the end of the day. It's just they have too much talent on that team compared to Washington to lose. Tom Brady's record against the NFC East in the playoffs is 0-3. You know who Washington's last playoff victory was against? Was it? Well, I remember from RG3, they were playing Seattle, and then RG3 tore the Seattle. You clearly didn't get it. It was Their last playoff victory was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. With that being said, the Buccaneers' offense is just too good for the Washington offense, and the Washington defense is good, but... Tampa's offense is just too good. With so give me like the Bucks by double digits. Move on. <laughs> uh, Seahawks and Rams. I think that's a clear cut victory. Uh, Seahawks easy. Uh, I just think the Rams are like lacking their identity they had before the Jets game, and that was when I said the Rams could possibly win the Super Bowl. So I think they lost their identity and they're kind of in this crisis. And I don't think they'll beat Seattle whatsoever. I think it's the Rohan curse. You agree? I think you started it. <laughs> it's funny because uh, a couple years ago, I have this inside running joke with my friends where I said Jared Goff will win MVP one day. And I did it based off the career trajectory that he had with Matt Ryan's. So yeah. I kind of like looked at, because Matt Ryan had a very similar career trajectory as Jared Goff. And I think um, the type of organization they're on and Matt Ryan eventually won MVP at some point in his career. And I thought, you know, because Matt Ryan, you know, he was a top quarterback, but he was never like the top three quarterback in the NFL. I thought the same thing of Jared Goff. He'll have like that one season where he wins MVP. And right now I'm looking very, very wrong on it. And I just regret saying that because now everyone's bugging me about it. Did you say the same thing about Carson Wentz? Because my goodness, you might have. No, no. Sounds like it. Well, before the torn ACL injury, Carson Wentz was the MVP of the season. And before Derek Carr got hurt, I don't know if you remember this, but Derek Carr was going to win MVP of that season. And then he got down. So True. this was like back when, um, was, who's their head coach? Uh, Jack know. Del Rio was their head coach. And now he's a DC at Washington. But okay, let's move on. Uh, uh, I mean, I think, I think it'll be a little closer if golf plays, but... I mean, Seattle's also kind of struggling right now. Like, like the Seattle's offense has been pretty slow the last two weeks. And with when you have Russell Wilson, Metcalf, and Lockett, that's a little alarming. But at the same time, it's not like the Rams are looking much better right now. So I think at home I'll take Seattle over the Rams again, just like two weeks ago when it was for the division. Bears and Saints uh... – you know, it's, it's weird with this new playoff picture that we had to see, like, this two seed not have a bye. But it's like, for the league, did it for revenue, of course. And I have the Saints winning. I just don't see a way they lose to Mitch Trubisky and the Bears. Yeah, it's Drew Brees, whose career might be on the line, versus Mitch Trubisky, who, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I'll take Drew Brees. I don't know. It just seems smart. I'm sorry, so Chicago. Not, we should yeah. – I am I feel bad for Arizona. I just kind of want to say that, like Kyler uh, Murray injury, yeah. he deserves to be in there. I'm, it's unfortunate he got injured at the worst possible time. I I I will laugh if the Bears win this game because it means that Mitch Trubisky has another couple years in Chicago. 
I, I just I think it means that Matt Nagy won't be on the hot seat next year, and it means that Mitch Trubisky has got his contract extended. Um, if they end up winning this game and they go on a tiny playoff run, and I don't think it will happen, but that's what that's what like this is like short term memories, and this is what happens because just recency bias ends up happening, and the Bears won't be real with themselves. I think so. Let's move on to the AFC uh, Colts and Bills. Who do you have, Hervin? I will take the Buffalo Bills purely because the Bills are the hottest team in football right now. They're hotter than the Chiefs right now. You know what? I'm just going to say it. They're blowing teams out out of the water by 30 right now. Uh, Like last week against the Dolphins, the Dolphins are playing for their season. Josh Allen only plays a half and they drop 56. Like what more is there to be said? Like I get the Colts have a great defense um, and all that, but – the Bills are just too much in a rhythm right now. Like, they're hot, and I think at home that like, that's only going to continue. Cole Beasley will have more than 100 receiving yards this game, and the Buffalo Bills will win this game. I just think, like, the Colts don't have the offensive firepower at the receiving end to beat Buffalo. The only way the Colts win this game is if they keep pounding the ball and take prime possession, but I highly doubt it will happen against Buffalo. And I think Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, um, is just the hottest team in football, and I'm right with you. I think they're hotter than the Chiefs, and they'll easily blow the Colts away like they should uh, this game. Yeah. Moving so on. let's move on. Let's go to – Ravens and Titans, which is a rematch from last year. I don't think we need to reiterate what happened there. This time, it is in Nashville. Rowan, who do you think is going to win between the battle of the two two of the best running backs in the AFC? <laughs> uh, I love how you said two best running backs. I'm taking the Titans. Uh, Derrick Henry just ran for 2,000 yards on the season. Now it's like Derrick Henry season in December, January. It gets colder. Nobody wants to tackle him. Um, even though the game's in Nashville, I don't know what the weather's like. But I highly doubt anybody wants to tackle Derrick Henry. And I think there's a different mode to him uh, when it comes playoff time. And I think he'll have like a 200-yard rushing game. And, you know, earlier in the season, uh, Derrick Henry ran over the whole Ravens defense in overtime to ice the game like he was LeBron in the fourth. Because, yes, LeBron is clutch sometimes. Uh but, yeah, I'm taking Derrick Henry and the Titans in this one. Uh, that's all I'm taking. You know, I just don't think the Ravens have the receiving elite receiving weapons they should have in order to win a playoff game. You know, it's interesting because I'm looking at the spreads right now, and the Ravens are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against the Titans after losing to the Titans twice in the past 365 days. With that being said, I am weirdly going to take the Ravens here. I'm going to go against you for the first time in this playoff picture. Um, I don't know. I feel like uh, the Ravens right now are playing their best football of the season. They did not look like what they were last year during the first eight games of the season. But in the second half of the season, you're starting to see the Lamar Jackson that won MVP last year. And I know that that Lamar Jackson didn't beat the Titans last year. But I think this team is just – it has – Lamar has experience now. And you surround him with a new addition in J.K. Dobbins. Um, Hollywood Brown, although I don't really like him, he's playing better. And the Ravens' defense is playing better right now. They're playing better than they were um, this time last year. 
And you're going to need that against Derrick Henry. And I think the Titans are a little weaker this year. Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry, but their defense is bad. It's pretty bad. They could barely beat the Texans last week. Um, They got destroyed by the Packers the week before that. And like their defense is not reliable right now. Because of that reason, I think the Ravens are just the better football team and I'm going to take them on the road. What alarmed me about the Ravens is Lamar Jackson. And this season, guess how many times the man threw over 200 yards? How many times? I'll huh? say four. It was five times. It was pretty bad. Like, not like you, I think in order to win playoff game, you have to have your quarterback throw five, like at least 200 yards. At least. And you can say, blame some of it, um, some of his passing yards, like him getting taken out of the game early because they were blowing the team out. But when you can't, like, when you're throwing, like, less than 200 yards for against a team like Dallas or against Tennessee earlier in the season, uh, I think it was, like, it's going to be rough for him. And I just think he lacks the receiving weapons that he needs. If, it, if there was an elite receiver on the team, then my opinion would change, but they don't have one. But I do trust their running game. But I just think the Titans will overwhelm them uh, with Derrick Henry running the ball, like and keep grinding and pounding like they always do. Yeah, I mean Henry can grind and pound. I'm just worried because like they allowed 38 to Houston last week, 40 to the Packers the week before that, 41 to the Browns, 34 to the Colts. Like it's a little their defense is just it's not the same. And I think Derrick Henry could run on them, but. I think so can J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards and Lamar as well. And I think it'll be even, but I just think the Ravens are the more complete team. All right, let's go to the last game on Sunday night, you know, the Browns and the Steelers. So who do you got? I am going to take an upset, and I will take the Browns. And it's for the same kind is of it, Is it really an upset, though? Technically, hmm. Technically, it is. I I think it's an upset purely because of the Browns' form the past two weeks. Um, And especially after the Steelers sort of looked like they found themselves against the Colts in Week 16. But, like, in the playoffs, usually you have to be able to run the ball. And you saw that last year with Derrick Henry. You saw that with the 49ers last year with uh, Raheem Mostert. Raheem must start in fantasy. Um, and with the Browns, you have one of the best rushing units in football, uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and the Steelers. Steelers can't run the ball. They still haven't figured it out. Their passing game's all right, but you, you, if you can't run the ball in the playoffs, it usually doesn't work. And for that reason, um, I think I'm going to take the Browns here to pull off an upset. I think my upset is more than your upset. I think the Browns should be favorites in this game, and I, I think the Steelers are pulling off the upset. And the reason I say this is because last week um, the Steelers and Browns played week 17, of course, and the score final score was 22-24, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And the starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers was no other than uh, Mason Rudolph, right? Who was just uh, he would basically he took time uh, for Big Ben last year, and Big Ben and Mason Rudolph, there's a major gap there. And I think it's playoff season. I think you know you have the weapons of Chase Claypool and you have Juju. And I think the Steelers will end up winning this game because of the fact that Big Ben will be in this game and it's not uh, Mason Rudolph. So I think the Steelers will win this game, at least get some of their, like, identity back in some sort. 
And it's Mike Tomlin against a rookie head coach. So I trust Mike Tomlin more than uh, Kevin Stefanski in the playoffs. Right if now. Juju, if Juju does a TikTok dance before the game, though, you're switching that pick, right? To like Browns by 15. Yeah, but not by 15. I'm taking by 20 at least. I have by 20. Okay. Uh, even I'm not that confident. But he, I think TikTok dance. I think I think you know like how you're talking about the Rohan curse earlier. Yeah, I think the Juju has the Juju curse, and I, like that's what. It, yeah, so that's what that is. All right, so let's keep going on the bracket. Let's keep moving on. Um, you want to do your bracket first? I'll go ahead. Yeah, I'll I'll do my bracket. Uh, I'm not gonna go over these in depth because like we're gonna be able to cover like the matchups more like once they happen or like once we get closer to them. But based off of my wild card picks. Um, I in the NFC we get Bucks versus Packers and Seahawks versus Saints. Um, I would take the Packers over the Bucks, even though like the Buccaneers torched them in the regular season. I think it'd be different, so I'll take the Packers. And then Seahawks versus Saints. I would. Oh, this is tough. Seahawks Saints is tough. I'd lean towards. I think I'd take the Saints just because I think they're in better form. And then on the AFC side, I get Browns and Chiefs. I will easily take the Chiefs. Ravens and Bills is the other matchup for me. And I will go with the Bills, but I think it would be very close between the two like quarterbacks in the same draft class. Uh, I think you should go next with your divisional round and we can meet up for the conference championships. Yeah, let's do it. So I got Bucks and Packers just like you. I got the Packers winning. Uh, and then Seahawks and Saints, right? So this is a tough one because we just don't know. And I think hopefully like, Seahawks offense shows up. But until then, I have the Saints winning it. I think their defense will overwhelm. And they have Marshawn Lattimore on one side of the corner. So I'm not – I think the Saints got that one in their bag. And then Titans and Chiefs. Uh this is like the one that I think I'm gonna get shit, like hate the most on, and I got the Titan beating the Chiefs, and you have to hear me out. I just think what at the end of the day what's gonna end up happening is the Titans will take the time of possession, and yes, they've been playing bad on defense, but the Titans will take the time of, uh, time of possession, and the Chiefs have been looking lazy recently. They have been looking lazy, and they playing. They got two weeks off now because. They haven't played uh, – Patrick Mahomes hadn't played this past Sunday against the Chargers, and he probably, he's not playing this week. So we have two weeks off, but historically, last time I think of something like this, um, it was the Colts, right, and they uh, – Peyton Manning, and they lost right away in the divisional round uh, when they had their bye week, right? So I think they'll get smacked in their face right away, and they'll realize, oh, we shouldn't have taken that bye week, and they don't – they lose their momentum they had, right? And then Steelers and Bills. I'm taking the Bills. I think they're, like you said, they're the hottest football team in the planet right now. So let's go on. And now we're on the conference championship. Herbin, tell me, take it away. Saints and Packers. We both got the same matchup here. Yeah, we both have Saints, Packers. And I will be taking the New Orleans Saints purely because I think they're a more complete team. And I think they have, they have like the type of team identity that could pull off a road win in Lambeau field with like Kamara and then how good their defense is. On the other side, I get bills versus the team, other team that will make the AFC championship, which is not the Titans because the Titans defense stinks Kansas city chiefs. And I will be taking said Kansas city chiefs to beat the Buffalo bills in what should be a much closer game than what it was in the regular season to give me a Chiefs Saints Super Bowl. 
right. So I have Packers and Saints just like you. And I'm taking the Packers. I, I just think it's hard to play in Lambeau Field in January. And as a Giants fan, going up, like knowing my team went up there twice and won on their way to beat the Patriots, I just don't think the Saints have that identity. I think the teams take on the identity of their city. And New Orleans isn't a grit and grind city, even though they had Hurricane Katrina and all. Uh, New Orleans is like, it's the big easy, right? Like it's a nice, easy going city. And I think the Packers, like they have the cold weather on them. I think the Packers will easily win that game. And then my AFC Conference Championship is Titans and Bills. Even though what I said earlier, I'm going to take the Bills on this game. Like my mind keeps changing. Uh, so I'll have a Packers and Bills championship uh, Super Bowl game. So let's talk. So what do you have your Super Bowl pick between Chiefs and Saints? Between Chiefs and Saints, the Chiefs won in the regular season. In the Super Bowl, I think I'm going to pick Saints, um, partly because I think the Saints showed in the regular season matchup that they can play the Chiefs tough. And they could have won that game. Like, they really could have won that game. And I think with Michael Thomas back um, and Cameron Jordan playing the full game, like, I think the Saints have what it takes to beat the Chiefs. And Drew Brees, he deserves to go out a Super Bowl winner. Um, so, yeah, I'll take the Saints. But my, my preseason right. pick was Seahawks over Chiefs, which is why I'm, like, so flipped over Seahawks Saints. But, yeah, I'll take either of them over the Chiefs still. So I have Packers and Bills. And in this matchup, I think – it's going to be a very good matchup. I think it will be a very close game. Uh, I just trust Aaron Rodgers over Josh Allen because we haven't seen Josh Allen perform in the playoffs yet. And he's still young, so we'll see him, like, grow as a player. But I just trust Aaron Rodgers way, way more than I trust anyone else in this league right now, um, especially in a Super Bowl game. And I'll take the Packers over the Bills. Yeah, I think that covers it. I'm taking the Saints, and you will take the Packers. One and two seeds in the NFC. All right, so I want to move in and I want to transition into um, the most important things in the NFL, right? And I think one of the most important things in the NFL is who's your head coach. And each team takes on the identity of their head coach. Uh, the Titans do it with Mike Rabel and how they embrace his toughness and grit and how the Giants are now taking on, like, Joe Judge is, like, his toughness and grit. Right. So I want to go over like the most attractive head coach opening jobs right now. So there's six of them. There's the Jets, Lions, Falcons, Texans, Jaguars, and Chargers. Uh, so let's go over, let's rank them. Which one do you think is most attractive? Which one do you think is the least attractive? So Herman, take it away. What's your most attractive head coach job opening? Um, I just want to say before I uh, describe the most attractive head coach opening, I am a Jets fan. I just want to congratulate myself and fellow Jets fans for surviving the season. And I hope you enjoyed Gase being fired last night because as much as it pains me to see a guy lose his job, it was also somewhat pleasant, I must admit, uh, to see him go away. So congratulating myself and all Jets fans on that. With that being said, most attractive head coach opening to me is going to be the Los Angeles Chargers. Anthony Lynn was just announced he'd been relieved of his duties uh, earlier this morning when we're recording this on January 4th, um, 2020. Um, and that leaves a position. Oh, shoot. Yeah, we're out of that year now. Uh, my bad. But yeah, uh, 
now the Chargers have an open head coaching spot and they have a quarterback who just set records for passing TDs, insane passing yardage numbers, and he's a second-year quarterback. And when you also account for the fact they have Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, and the fact that this team was very banged up last year. They had lost, I think the stat was like 109 total starts due to injury or COVID list stuff. 109. So like when you put all that together, I think this Chargers team is pretty good. And like with the right coach, this team with Justin Herbert can be a menace for like the next decade. With the Chiefs and Chargers in the AFC West, oh my God, that's going to be disgusting. I agree with all the points you made, but I'm taking that Jaguar job number one. And even though it's Jacksonville and not LA, you're getting Trevor Lawrence. And imagine being a head coach like, and you're brand new to a city and you're going to be linked with probably the greatest quarterback prospect ever, maybe since John Elway, maybe since Andrew Luck. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has it all. And even though you brought up this point, I think, um, before we talked, uh, before we started recording, uh, you brought up this point that I really think is really amazing. Trevor Lawrence has the ceiling. No, you said Justin. I said Trevor Lawrence. So, okay, part of the reason why I put charges over Jaguars in terms of an attractive head coach opening is because the Jaguars head coach opening is attractive because you have Trevor Lawrence and picks, right? So um, with that being said, Trevor Lawrence, like what he can do next season, his ceiling for how he plays next season is probably what Justin Herbert just did. So like when you put it that way, Justin Herbert's a year ahead of him and you know he just did that. So I have to I have to take what I know with Justin Herbert. I'm still taking Trevor Lawrence. It's just too I just think he's too good of a prospect to pass up on. The hype has been there for three years, even though he lost to Ohio State on over this past weekend. I think Trevor Lawrence is probably the best and new um, the best quarterback in this class. And you have about 80, 90 million in cash base in Jacksonville. So you, ha- you can easily fix some holes. You can get some receivers. You can get what you have to get for Trevor Lawrence and build a team around him. And you have a lot of draft capital as well. So I think Jacksonville is a very attractive place to be, especially because how fast they can easily rebuild. Um, and they can have a quick one-year, two-year turnaround. And I also want to add the point that the Chargers play in the AFC West, where there's the Chiefs, and they have to play on Kansas City twice a year. And I want to, and I think Jacksonville, they kind of got the easier division because they don't have a juggernaut in it. Uh, Jacksonville has the Indianapolis Colts, who like don't have a quarterback after this season. Uh, they have the Houston Texans, who don't have a defense. And if they can build properly and go on with what I think they could do next year, that they can definitely beat the Titans with no defense. So I think the Jaguars are definitely more attractive because there's no juggernaut in their division. Um, I actually think another job in that division is more attractive, and I'm going to take the Texans. I know the Texans are in a rough spot, like no picks, but like they have Deshaun Watson. And I think Deshaun Watson, like Deshaun Watson, if his team won this year, like if he had help on like defense and pretty much everywhere, he was putting up MVP numbers this season, like MVP numbers on a 4-12 and 12 team. Like he is a top five quarterback in this league. Like, and he's a sure thing. You know you're getting a top five quarterback if you go to Houston. And I know they don't have picks right this year, but they do next year. 
So, like, if you're willing to be patient and build around Deshaun Watson, I think even that is more attractive than Jacksonville right now. But I think I those are, like, the top three head coaching spots, and I think we agree with that. I agree. I think the Texans, they, they're an attractive spot just because of Deshaun Watson. If they didn't have Deshaun Watson on that team, nothing else is attractive about them. Uh, they lack cap space. Yeah, they have a great tackle in Larry Tunzel. You have J.J. Watt, but J.J. Watt seems to get injured every other day. Uh, and I love J.J. Watt. There's nothing – like, there's so much to admire about the guy. But I just think the Texans' job is pretty – it's not as attractive as the Jaguars and Chargers' job um, because of, like, the flexibility and how you can quickly turn around that team. I think the Texans' job is a little more long-term, but you have to be have, you have to have the organization's faith in you in order to build that team around Deshaun Watson and go take on – and be the juggernaut I think they can eventually become because they have top five quarterback in the NFL. All right. Let's talk about now the least attractive head coach opening. And let's start with yours because I think you have an interesting take here. The least attractive um, job opening, I got the Lions. Like, it's Detroit. Nobody wants to go to free agency. They have bad ownership. Uh, Megatron is always complain like Megatron when he was last in the press and the media, um, he was complained about how badly and poorly ran their organization they were. Uh, they don't have attractive pieces anywhere across the organization besides Matt Stafford. Um, you can bring a point of their defensive end Trey Flowers, but they're paying him a lot of money. They lack cap space, um, and if they bring back Kenny Galladay, then that's a great piece as well. But I just think. There's so much – it's like a three-, four-year rebuild in uh, Detroit, and you probably will be fired by the end of it um, because you're not winning enough games, quite frankly. I actually think the Lions are a sneaky good head coach opening, like not as good as the first three, but like probably right under that because I think Matt Stafford's also a very underrated quarterback, like with what he does every season, like putting going through like the talent he's gone through and still putting up great numbers. And then you have Galladay, you have – DeAndre Swift, Hawkinson, like there's, there is something to build around on that offense and it's about fixing the defense and maybe they're a little tight in money, uh, but they still have like their normal set of picks. And I think it's a fixable situation. I think the least attractive is the Falcons because um, the Falcons are not only like struggling with cap space and like having money right now like they have no funds but also they're like they're aging like Matt Ryan's the quarterback I love Matt Ryan but like this Falcons team feels like it needs to rebuild who knows what you want to do with Julio Jones so like it almost feels like you have to tear the old structure down and put a new one in place while you're struggling with cap space and I just think that's a tough spot to be in for a new head coach I think a new head coach could bring like can rejuvenate like an aging team like that because uh, quarterback the new four like 38 or 35 is a new 40 now right I think Matt Ryan could probably play for another two years uh, Julio Jones probably got a couple more years left and they have Calvin Ridley who's an excellent excellent wide receiver and hopefully becomes a wide like a number one wide receiver on the NFL team uh, and they have pieces on their defense they have Deion Jones at the linebacker spot um, they, they just need a secondary. And I think you have a Grady Jarrett at the defensive tackle. I think they have pieces across the team. They have a building offensive line. 
But what they need most is just to fix up their secondary. And once that's fixed up, I think they could be potential playoff contenders. They just need to be coached well, and they need to have discipline better. Um, and I think Atlanta Atlanta has the pieces to be a playoff team, but they don't have the pieces to become a Super Bowl team because they are aging. That's uh, fair. That's then, fair. So that's like my sixth and fifth like head coach opening job, like Lions and Falcons. But I think the Jets are like the fourth most attractive opening head coach opening spot. Um, and like they're the same reason why I hope to become, if I ever get a GM job from New York Knicks, I'll take it in a heartbeat because there's something special about bringing a championship um, to an organization that hasn't had one in forever. And especially being that organization since New York, right? Uh, the Jets have a hundred million cap, right? That enough to be said. They have two first round picks like the Jaguars and they have the second overall pick um, and they get their choice of quarterbacks, right? They have their choice of, you know, do you keep Darnold or do you keep, get Justin Fields who at one point last year, not this past season, but this year before is like, maybe he just as good as uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, and then it was also now there's Jack Wilson who came onto the scene from BYU. So I think the Jets can easily, and they have a franchise left tackle now. But I think the Jets have some, like they can fix their holes. And I think Jeff can definitely build something a lot faster than what you think. And Joe Douglas knows what he's doing. So I think the Jets can turn it around in the next year or two, uh, depending on who they get in free agency. But you're a Jets fan, so you should tell me why this job not that attractive any as the other ones. Um, I just think um, there's a lot of – there's just a lot, like, unattractive about the Jets right now. And I think it's the fact that Part of it is that Lawrence would have made this job uh, better, but now is not. And you're faced with a very difficult decision and a decision that'll probably decide if you're still the head coach in two years, which is which of the three quarterbacks do you choose? It's pretty much the job pretty much comes down to that. And maybe even not, because even if the quarterback works, if you can't fix the other holes in this team, which is a rebuilding the culture, B just starting to like, show signs of like an upward trend and like start winning like win six or seven but a good six or seven before you go for the playoffs um there's still a lot of needs on the line there still needs to be more like skill position players still even though Quentin Williams is there and the D line's good the back half is not the secondary is not especially corners I just think there's a lot of holes and for a franchise that isn't hasn't really been that exceptional for its entire history i think a franchise just with just as poor history the lions is honestly a better team and position right now than the, where the jets are i'm right with you i just think like there's something special if anyone can accomplish it uh if you can bring a title to new york that's something special and jets fans are probably the most tortured fan base in the nfl um, out there and could I talk to you almost on a, a weekly basis, sometimes a daily basis? It happens. Like, it is what it is. The Jets um, are basically the New York Knicks of the NFL. And we'll see what happens. I think the job is more attractive than people give it credit for. Uh, but let's go over it. I think, you know, like, who's the favorite of that job? You know, who do you think could definitely take over that job, Herman? Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of candidates this year. Um, I think there's a lot of pretty good candidates this year. 
And I think it, there's a lot that could go for like most teams. I think the best candidate is probably Robert Sala, just because he's a cult, impact culture type of guy. And I think you can agree with that. Like he yeah, changed yeah. fundamentally changed the 49ers defense and he will bring a culture. And so, sometimes the most important thing in football is establishing a culture and an identity. And that's what Sala would do. I, I agree with, I'm right with you. I think, um, if you can, you can find, you can find guys that can establish a culture, then that's how you succeed in the NFL. It's no longer about the X and O's. And that's why Matt Patricia didn't work out in New, um, Detroit, uh, I'm forgetting, like, if that's why Bill O'Brien, who didn't work out in New Orleans, uh, which is what I'm saying, in Houston. Uh, so Robert Sala has personality, and he's X and O's. Um, so I think definitely he'll work out wherever he goes. And Joe Judge, even though, like, people, like, hated the move when he first came here uh, to New York, uh, he showed that he's a culture guy, a locker room guy. And the Giants, for once, look like they're on an upward trend. Uh, they look like they're going to build something for the future. So I'm proud of, like, the Giants going that direction. But I think, like, at the end of the day, as long as your guy can bring in culture and along with, like, X and O's are just a coordinator job. But if you can bring in a guy with personality, with flair, and you can have a team adjust and take on your personality, then your team will succeed. So yeah. uh, that being said, like, I think Salah is easily the best head coaching candidate out there. Um, and I would throw out uh, Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator of the New York Giants. Uh, I wouldn't say he's top two and he's not a favorite, but I think he will be in conversation with most teams. But I think he'll definitely be out of the New York Giants organization next year if he's not hired by a team. Yeah, uh, I think some other coordinator, another defensive coordinator to look at is Matt, forgive my pronunciation, Eberflus out of the Colts. Um, what he did to the Colts defensive unit, like you look at how elite it is right now, very similar job to what Patrick Graham did um, in New York. Um, he's definitely another candidate. And then offensively, three best offensive coordinators, Eric Bieniemy with the Chiefs, don't need to explain that one. Brian Dable with the Bills, don't think I need to explain that one either. And Arthur Smith with the Titans, which you've seen how the Titans have revives Ryan Tannehill's career. So I don't think I need to explain that one much either. And their power running game easily and how they're able to take advantage yeah. of Derrick Henry on a daily basis. Um, so I think that's it. And then, you know, I think people who deserve head coaching job, at least like openings and deserve to have their name in the conversation is Marvin Lewis and Jim Caldwell. Uh, Jim Caldwell shouldn't have been fired out of Detroit. He was a perfect guy for them. And Marvin Lewis, uh, he took since I don't like he had a winning record with Cincinnati, and it's a hard place to have a winning record, especially despite their ownership and everything they had to go through. Uh, so I think Marvin Lewis is definitely a culture guy, and so is Jim Caldwell. So wherever they end up, I think they'll be successful. But I think they did definitely need to have their name in the conversation somewhere, and I hope you agree with me. Yeah, I do. I also th like Marvin Lewis. He took the Bengals from like nobody cares about the Bengals to respectable franchise and that deserves credit and the same goes for Jim Caldwell the four years he was there the Lions were a respectable franchise so they're very similar coaches in terms of like what they were in the past and I think they're both African-American head coaches who deserve another shot so right now what I'm hearing and what I've been reading from Adam Schefter and the rest of all NFL Twitter is that Urban Meyer who wants 12 million dollars and he probably will might get it to be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
And Urban Meyer is a great and um great college coach. He's one of the greatest head college coaches of all time. He won titles with Ohio State. He won titles with Tim Tebow back in Florida. Um, I think it's a great hire because he is a culture culture guy. If they do hire him, uh, hopefully they don't give him like the John Gruden contract where it was ten years, hundred million dollars. But Urban Meyer definitely needs to go into a place like Jacksonville and just take over the franchise by his hands and just see what he can do with it. Um, and I leading have a into question, that, man. I have a question. Um, just then, let's say, let's make this the last question of the day um, for the pod. And let's say that, let's say Urban Meyer ends up going to Jacksonville. Obviously, he has connections with Ohio State. Um, and we know that one of the top quarterback prospects this year is Justin Fields. Now we know, oh, we just saw this past week um, on New Year's Day, we saw Ohio State beat Clemson. Justin Fields outplayed Trevor Lawrence um, with an amazing touchdown as well. Yeah, to beat Clemson and go to the national championship on Alabama. Let's say Justin Fields has another great performance against Alabama and when Ohio State wins the national championship. The Jaguars have Urban Meyer, a former Ohio State guy. They're on the clock at number one. I'm a Jets fan. I'm wondering this. Is there a possibility Justin Fields could go number one in that situation? There is a possibility because Jacksonville chose to hire the Ohio State guy. Right? So usually what will end up happening is that the coaches want to take the guy they feel more comfortable with, right? So if they end up finding out that Justin, like, could Ohio State, um, you know, Urban Meyer has a very close relationship with Ryan Day. Ryan Day is the head coach of the Ohio State football team and his former offensive coordinator before he left. Uh, That being said, Urban Meyer probably knows what Justin Fields is about. He had probably the most detailed report of Justin Fields, right? He knows everything about him probably from the first day he walked on campus to the last game he played. Um, he knows what type of leader he is and everything, what his generic makeup is, right? So if he learns like, hey, Justin Fields is my guy and I'm not taking this job unless I get Justin Fields on my team because I know he's the guy, um, then, Jack- then Jacksonville will take Justin Fields number one. But I think it's hard to pass up on um, the fact that Trevor Lawrence is number one guy for the last three years coming into this draft. And he is the best quarterback in a deep quarterback class. And it's like Trevor Lawrence has been compared to the Andrew Luck and John Elway level of prospect. It was like the most elite, like 101 grade on him. Um, and did very little to very, no flaws. Uh, but that's an interesting point you bring up there because Ohio State, um, connection at like Ohio State quarterbacks haven't succeeded in the NFL recently, um, most recently being Dwayne Haskins. But if Urban Meyer goes to Jacksonville, that's a very po- real possibility where Justin Fields can go number one, especially if Ohio State wins the title. And I think that's the only j- the way that Jacksonville can justify um, not taking Trevor Lawrence. Okay. As a Jets fan, I will hold out hope. I hope. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not liking the chances of that. Um, and honestly, if Jacksonville really likes, um, Justin Fields more than anything, uh, they can hold all the other teams hostage and they can say, Hey, listen, we want to trade out of the number one pick 
and the Jets can easily come in because they're what striking distance. They're at two. They can take easily a Jets first and second, and maybe some more, and can get Trevor Lawrence that way. So I think that's what can end up happening in the draft. But just like why it takes a while to get there first. Um, but I'm just thinking long term picture right now. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a good spot to end it. Um, we're sorry for not like going much into the NBA uh, this week, but I mean, real quick, shout out to Steph Curry for 62 points last night. Um, silence the critics who were hating on him for not stepping up. Silent, silent Damian Lillard for talking trash about him the night before. Uh, he, <laughs> Damian Lillard put out a tweet where he said, it's hard to get um, those open looks right after four to five years later. Yeah. Uh, so... And then he dropped 62 on Damian Lillard's head. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, Steph Curry, shout out. Deserves one very well. Shout out. I think my shout out this week will go to DeMontis Sabonis, who's been playing like an MVP caliber player, MVP caliber center, power forward. Um, and he's playing, putting out numbers at an efficient level. And shout out KD and Kyrie because I love them. And they're playing like uh, <laughs> they're playing like the two best. They're playing like the best duo in the league when they're on the court. Even well, though the Nets are playing like shit, but that's a story for next week. Uh, I just want another quick shout out for John Wall because I'm glad he's back healthy um, and he's doing all right as well. He looks like he's doing okay in Houston. So respect to that. And yeah, I think that that's our shout outs of the week. We'll cover it. We'll cover NBA more next week. All right, guys. Take care. Have a great week. See you. Happy New Year.